Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Memory Lane. I am your host, Noah Hiles, and joining us today is a man who really needs no introduction, one of the baddest dudes to ever let his skates hit the ice, and right now he's actually on his way to play some more hockey. He can't get enough. It's Darius Kasparitis. Darius, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you on here. So, Darius, a very interesting career you had, and uh, for a very long time, uh, internationally in the NHL and even before that. And that's kind of where I want to get started here um, about your younger days as we start this interview. At the age of 14, you moved to Russia uh, to be a part of the uh, international program there. I just want to uh, talk to you about what all went into that. How did you get noticed to be a part of uh, that development program? Oh, you know, I was playing in Lithuania, and Lithuania was part of the uh, Soviet Union uh, at that time. So uh, we participated in the uh, Soviet uh, Union uh, Junior Championship, and I was playing for two year two year older team. So basically, uh, I was noticed by one of the hockey greats, uh, Valery Vasiliev uh, from Dynamo Moscow. He was a coach of that team, and he asked me if I want to, you know, come to play in Moscow and it was a shock to me because Moscow was like uh, one of the top top hockey schools in the world at that time so uh, you know it was Red Army and uh, Dynamo Moscow so I was uh, you know without any hesitation I said yes so uh, you know following a uh, following uh, summer year of 2014 I was invited to a training camp and uh, I made a team. Uh, so you get you get the invite there you make the team um, w- I, I was prepping for this and watching different interviews you had, and you spoke about just the tedious training schedule that it was for you and all the young athletes there. Uh, you're skating six days a week, uh, competing a lot, and um, how difficult was that at times when you, you know you're a teenager, but you're you're being trained harder than some professionals were. Oh yeah, in the beginning I was uh, shocked, you know, coming from Lithuania, where, where I didn't really, uh, you know, did much. Uh, I trained a lot, I skated a lot, but not nothing like off ice training. And going to Russia and being a 14 year old and doing a lot of, you know, off ice training, it was uh, surprised to me. You know, we did a lot of running, we did a lot of squats, jumping. You know, it was a, it was a very, uh, you know, it was a good workout uh, training. Where you know, I mean, uh, but. For the 14-year-old, you know, uh, I remember it was very painful uh, in the beginning because you, you muscles start feeling uh, different, you know, and uh, it was something new for me. Did I hear correctly that you uh, once tried to run away, tried to get back home, and your mom sent you right back? Yeah, after my first year in uh, Dinamo in Moscow, uh, you know, I went back to uh, summer vacation in Lithuania, then I went back to Russia again for the next season, and uh one of the visits I, I used to follow, uh, you know, soccer uh, from uh, you know my my favorite team at that time was Zagreb from Lithuania. So I I went to one of the games and uh, all the fans from Lithuania they were going back home. They say, oh, you gotta stay here. You know, we're going back to Lithuania. And I said, you know what? Uh, F this. I gotta go back with you guys. I don't want to play hockey. I want to live in Lithuania. I was homesick, you know. So basically, I went back and uh, same day uh, I came home at night. And my mom, my mom uh, was shocked. First of all, that say, "What are you doing here? <laughs> You're supposed to be in Moscow." And uh, I said, "I don't want to be in Moscow. I want to be with you guys." And she called my coach uh, and uh, my first coach, uh, Alexei Nikiforov, and uh, he took me back. He drove me back the same day with the car. You know, it took a nine-hour drive, and it took me back right to Moscow. 
So growing up, um, you had the chance to watch those great Soviet teams uh, in the Olympics. How, how important were they to you? Were you a huge fan of theirs, just watching them in the Olympics and other international contests? I know. It was, uh, it was fun to watch them because, you know, but we always knew they always going to win. You know, it was uh, such high expectations for those teams, you know, especially, you know, the Soviet Union uh, national team. Except the AD Olympics, and I think they won everything uh, before then, after that. So uh, you know, it was a lot of high expectations. Even as a kid, you know, when you start going, moving to the next level and higher level, uh, you always expect to win. You know, the second place was not acceptable. So uh, you know, I expected to win all the time, basically. Even coming to NHL, my first year, I think uh, with the Islanders, you no, know, we went to deep into playoffs. I thought it was going to be like that all the time. You know, easy and, uh, you know, eventually going to win Stanley Cup in like a couple of years. But, you know, it's a different level. But in Russia, yeah, it was very, very strict and very, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't expect, they, 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 didn't, they, they didn't want to hear about second place, only first one. How meaningful was it for you to be able to play on uh, those, those Russian Olympic teams? 28 career games in the Olympics, three medals, one gold, one silver, one bronze. As someone who grew up admiring those teams, uh, how cool was it to wear, you know, that sweater yourself? Oh, you know, first, uh, yeah, when the USSR was still uh, together, you know, it was very, I was very proud to wear USSR and, uh, you know, and being, uh, you know, making, uh, you know, 20 uh, team roster out of all this, you know, kids in, uh, in, in uh, the big country, especially being from Lithuania when hockey was not very uh, big. You know, and slowly I made a decision to represent Russia in, uh, in international play because Lithuania became independent. And uh, playing for three more Olympics after that, it was it was awesome. You know, winning a gold medal, even making to Olympics my first time, it was a dream come true. Uh, winning a gold my first Olympics, it was like, you know, I felt like I was a hero. Even I went back to Lithuania, uh, I remember, to celebrate. And people in my town were going crazy, you know. Uh, they were so happy that, you know, one of the Lithuanian hockey players won Olympic gold medal. And then you were playing during the uh, political change that took place in the early 90s there. Um, how did that affect the hockey world uh, when all of that was going on, when the, you know, the shift to a different political system and the history that took place? Well, no, when I made the choice to play for Russia, actually, I made a choice because of my, uh, you know, I, I want to play on a very high level. Lithuania at that time, in the early 90s, didn't really have the national team uh hockey national team you know and uh and then when i you know you get you know you, you don't get you get addicted to playing you know olympics are like such a cool place to be you know and playing in four olympics i was very fortunate so uh some people in lithuania i don't think they were really uh, happy that i made a choice to represent russia but at that time you know i knew i can only be successful and uh even uh, represent Lithuania, even not playing for Lithuania, playing for Russia, because everybody knew where I was from. All right, so let's talk about your NHL career now. Um, you start off with the Islanders. You establish yourself a first-round pick, uh, and you play there for a while. Uh, you get traded to the Penguins, uh, and it was an interesting acquisition, considering you had some history with the Penguins, and um, fans weren't necessarily a huge fan of you when you were playing against them. Uh, but that kind of quickly changed. What Take me through the process of when you found out you're coming to Pittsburgh and what you're feeling when you uh, heard the news. Well, first of all, I knew that probably at my short NHL career, uh, I think I played with maybe four seasons uh, at that, before I got traded. 
I knew that Pittsburgh probably was one of the one of the cities that hated me the most, uh, you know. So uh, I was packing for the West Coast West Coast trip. Uh, I think Sunday night to fly to you know to to play LA teams. And Mike Milbury called me and he told me I was traded to Pittsburgh. And I was like, "What, Pittsburgh? Are you, are you joking?" Because I thought it was like a big big joke because I knew that Pittsburgh was one of the places. I don't think people even loved me as slightly, you know. Because I remember every time we played in Pittsburgh after the 92-93 playoffs, people used to call me names and uh, scream, put signs on and, you know, things like that, basically. So uh, I was very nervous going to, going, going to Pittsburgh and chasing all the, all the players that I abused the past couple of years. So... You you arrived there, and uh, what was the welcome like in the in the locker room? Did you have any problems with any of the players, or did they just kind of bring you right in? No, no. I remember, uh, you know, uh, they all uh, they all they were so nice to me right away. You know, I think I came uh, on a on a game day. Uh, we play, uh, I think, Blue San Luis Blues. I remember, and uh, in the morning morning skate, I remember. I think Yarmir Yager said that he has to wear shoulder pads now during the practice. Because I'm in the locker room, uh, but other, uh, all the guys were so nice, you know. And I remember, uh, you know, my first game I played, I think number 26, because number 11 was not available. I think Sean Antoski had number 11, so I choose number 26, and then he got traded that day, so I, I took the number 11 back. Uh, and I remember, you know, my first game, I had a couple of good hits, and uh, people uh, loved it, and I even scored a goal. So, you know, that was a good start for me as a, as a Penguin, you know. Uh, and uh, just going back after the game on the road trip right away, you know, uh, playing all these uh, card games on the plane with the boys, you know, they got me in, in, into, uh, you know, team, you know, right away, you know. It made me feel good, made me feel part of the team. And, uh, you know, I had a, one of the best times as, as a professional athlete and, and as a person in Pittsburgh. I want to talk to you about your playing style. You're, you're one of the more aggressive players pretty much ever, known for your hits and just – playing hard-nosed hockey in every scenario possible. Um, how did that playing style develop? Was that how you were taught to play at a young age, or is that just kind of who you are as a person and that translates to the ice? Well, I think uh, I'm very competitive, uh, you know, and I am still uh, feel the same way. Even when I play here with, the, you know, uh, pickup hockey with a with bunch of friends, I still hate, you know, when you, hate, when you lose on a professional level, it's different. Uh, then you lose on an amateur level, but still, you know, I'm very competitive. Sometimes I lose my temper and, uh, and uh, you know, I play the game exactly the way as I played before, you know. And I, I, I realized it was so much easier to hit in NHL than uh, in, in, in the European hockey when I came in. So I guess making all the highlight hits my first couple of years in, in NHL, I think people start expecting me to be that way. And uh, I realized also, you know, Scoring goal was cool, but, you know, making a nice hit or, or playing the way I played, people loved it. So I realized, you know, you, you get rewarded for that too. You know, you, you know, you, you make people come and watch not only for goal scoring, but also for, you know, the way I played. I think that that was, you know, I realized that people appreciate that, that, that game also. So I feel, you know, that's why I keep continuing playing that way uh, because, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy doing it. Uh, you had a quote in an interview a couple years ago. You said, had I played 10 years before, I would have gotten killed. Why, why do you think that? You just don't think that they would have tolerated your physical play back in the 80s or what? Well, probably because the game was different. It was less referees and uh, it was more, uh, you know, 
if the guy got annoyed, he would probably cross check me with the with a stick in, into my head. Even I hanging out with the guys from the '80s, you know, sometimes with alumni teams, uh, they always say that I would never make it in the '80s league or late '70s because you know the rules were a little different. I feel like you know I, I play in the perfect time, you know. I, I played my game, you know, I was not a big fighter because I don't probably, honestly, not because I was afraid, because I didn't really know how to fight uh, the NHL style, you know, grabbing uh, jerseys and try to wrestle guy down. So uh, I realized, you know, by hitting people and driving the other team crazy, uh, I realized that, you know, that was a perfect time to do in the 90s, you know. Uh, I think 80s would probably be different. And now, even if I play now, probably be a lot of, you know, hitting is a little less now, so I'll probably be visiting a lot of, you know, not suspensions, but probably I'll be receiving a lot of calls from, uh, you know, from the office, NHL office. So who was your favorite player to check? I mean, I was looking up your highlights. When you were with the Islanders, you had some dust-ups with Lemieux. Uh, you've, you've checked Gretzky. You've checked some of the greatest players. Uh, Mark Messier and you had a little bit of a history. Yeah. Uh, but who was your favorite guy to really lay one on? I think when I played with the Islanders in the beginning, you know, uh, hitting Messier was like, uh, especially playing in Col uh, Nassau, Col you know, Long Island, hitting Messier, you know, people would go crazy, you know, they hated the Rangers. So uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I knew exactly which buttons to push, you know. So uh, I did those things. And, you know, playing um, against Pittsburgh, I, I really, you know, I don't think I really uh, hated the Penguins uh, that much. It would just end up being uh, the timing, you know, that I hit Lemieux and the Yaks. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, Islander fans are very uh, uh, rowdy. You know, they they, they appreciate the, the the style that I play. So I think that that was the you know, that was my top top players. You know, to to I realize you no, know, as long as you hit the big big guy from the from the team, uh, opposite team, so people are always gonna love it. So when I got traded to Pittsburgh, you know, playing Flyers, that was like you know always like a war. Or playing Rangers, even you know, I remember also Pittsburgh didn't, uh, fans didn't really like New York Rangers, so uh, you know you always go after them. And then you know when I played for the Rangers, actually uh, it was a little different because you know you end up being a Ranger, so uh, it was not as much hatred between the other teams because I think when you play. Uh, Against the Rangers, you hate them most. Uh, but when you play for the Rangers, I think a lot of teams hating you. So you play the same way against everybody. We're going to get right back to my interview with Darius Kasparitis. But first, a word from our sponsors. In the Flyers contest, I want to talk to you about the Lindros hit. Uh, probably one of your more iconic moments of your career. Um, a clean hit. Uh, take me through the play and take me through uh, just the, everything that occurred after the play. I mean, uh, you know, we always had battles with Eric, especially with, you know, with the Legion of Dooms, the line. They were so physical and so big. You know, every time we played them, it was, uh, you know, very physical and very, you know, tired, very exhausting hockey. But same time, you know, I, I just, uh, I didn't really, like, try to hurt him or nothing. I realized they had a power play, it was breaking out, and I saw Eric skating on the blue line. Uh, I didn't really realize he had a head down. I was just finished my check, you know, and uh, it ended up being a big hit at that at that time, you know, and uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, he got hurt, and uh, it's, 
it, it, it happens, but you know, it was just a regular uh, play, you know, during the game. That, that's why I always, you know, always try to hit guys like down, especially on a power play, because I I think they ex they expect they expect Lee's to get hit, you know. Throughout your time in the Penguins, you were there for some exci uh, just exciting times. You joined a loaded roster. Um, you went on some deep playoff runs. Unfortunately, you never quite got to the Stanley Cup Finals. But what was it like just coming to a team that was such so talented? I mean, the 90s Penguins are just a, a, an era of hockey that everyone looks back at on just the legendary legacies of so many guys you played with. What was it like joining that team and then being a part of those talented teams that were in the playoffs year in, year out, and always had a shot to win the Cup? No, it was very cool, you know, uh, especially coming in uh, my first when I got traded, you know, having Ron Francis, you know, you name it, uh, Lemieux, Jagger, uh, Tom Barrasso, you know, uh, big, big, big players like that, you know, who I actually, when I came to the league, I knew they, you know, two-time Stanley Cup champions. Uh, it was awesome, you know, playing in Pittsburgh was awesome because uh, he had so much, uh, you know, yeah, so much, first of all, there's so much talent. And uh, it was just a different uh, culture coming from uh, New York when I think team was going through tough times. Eventually, Pittsburgh ended up in the same <laughs> situation when I was there. But, you know, it was a totally different atmosphere. You know, I think uh, seeing all the, you know, guys uh, and, uh, and playing with them was just, uh, you know, mind-blowing for me because I, I never, you know, experienced such a high-quality, high-skilled players on the same team. Do you think, uh, looking back, part of hockey culture is uh, guys really take pride in their hair. Do you think you guys had the best hair as a team in, in the history of the NHL with Yager? I mean, you had some great flow back in the day. Some other guys did too. You, did, uh, did you guys take pride in the, the, the flow, the great, the great long locks back in the day? Oh, yeah. Now, when I look now, I look like an idiot. But then I thought it was <laughs> such a coolest thing to have, you know, uh, especially uh, I remember playing in Pittsburgh with the long hair and uh, people like I couldn't even go anywhere in Pittsburgh. Uh, people knew me right away, you know, with my, you know, uh, with my Goldilocks, they call. But when I remember, I, I got so sick of tired, <laughs> people recognizing me. So I, I, I cut my hair off after the season, uh, I think uh, 2001 season. Uh, and uh, I remember going out, nobody knew who I was. I was like, what? That's weird. You know, because my, my hair was like my, you know, my, my, my signature. And I know people, you know, guys, uh, it was a different style. You know, guys have different style now. Uh, especially now guys have facial hairs and, uh, and, and, and different. But every, every generation, you know, uh, you know, hockey players still, even we're, we're wearing helmets, we still worry about our, how we look. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you were you were there for Lemieux's retirement, and then he returns. Take me through that entire process. When did you first hear that Mario was coming back, uh, and what was it like to see him uh, take the ice after being away from the game and going through what he went through? I remember was a lot of excitement uh, around the locker room. Right away, you know, we used to have maybe a ten media, uh, you know. Uh, uh, person from uh, you know report ten reporters. Then uh, when Mario decided to come back, especially the first game, it was like uh, two hundred. You know, so uh, I always you know knew that he's gonna come back because you know he left the game on such early stage. And I remember uh, being uh, even playing with him uh, because the first game he came back. I think I had an assist on his goal. He scored right away. You know, it was so cool. I think me and Ian Moran are celebrating. Uh, jumping on Mario when he scored his, his goal, that goal when he came back. So I think uh, 
just just you know it's even uh good for Prisma but also it was good for hockey you know a guy with that with his caliber to come back and play again it was awesome so we go to the 2001 season uh that's kind of 2001 2002 that's kind of when the penguins of the 90s started to fade away um and ironically enough that was a really good season for you i think that you made the all-star team that year uh and then you get traded away from pittsburgh um a take me through your elevated play that year and then b tell me your experience of leaving pittsburgh Oh, I knew I gonna leave Pittsburgh because uh, I think when we went to salary arbitration uh, the year before, and I took the pay cut to become a free agent. I don't think Pittsburgh realized until uh, you know they they accepted it. But same time, it was you know I was sad to leave Pittsburgh. You know I, I spent almost six seasons there. Uh, you know so uh, it was the, the most I ever played in the one on one team in my in my in my hockey career. And uh, you know going to Colorado, you know after. Having a chance to win the cup because I think uh, they're they're you know defending uh, Stanley Cup champions, and uh, I had a chance you know and uh, it, it was a totally different uh, team, uh, different uh, goals because Pittsburgh was going through tough times, and uh, you know and uh, you know it was it was I was sad you know but at the same time I knew you know the my you know I have to move on and and and, and continue playing. So you go to Colorado and you get to be a part of on the tail end of one of the greatest postseason rivalries in NHL history between the Red Wings and the Avs. Um, take me through the intensity of that rivalry. I mean, that's something that people are going to look back on for years and years to come. And that's some of the greatest hockey to have ever been played. What was it like joining in on that and being in, being a part of that intense rivalry? I was, uh, you know, being in Colorado was different because I never played on the West Coast uh, team, so it was different travel. But yeah, playing at uh, Detroit Red Wings, especially, uh, you know, they took my chance to win the cup. I remember, you know, being up in the series 3-2 and uh, we were playing at home and all we needed was one game at home, uh, and we, we, which we were very successful playing that year you know, at home, you know, and uh, just losing the game and going back to uh, Detroit. And uh, it, was, it was crazy, you know, we had police escort everywhere and... Uh, and uh, people just hated it, the Avalanche, you know. So, uh, especially losing the first period, game seven, five, nothing, you know, they gave them so much joy to see us suffer. And uh, it, it was very, you know, playing with Joe Saki, uh, Forsberg, uh, you know, uh, Rob Blake, uh, Adam Foote, having Patrick Ryan in that, you know, it was, uh, you know, I was uh, starstruck, starstruck because, you know, they got me on the team to help him to win the cup. Of course, I was not a Raymond Burke, but uh, I was close to it. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it was great. You know, it was a great experience. I, I, I wish, you know, I always feel this not, you know, always feel that, you know, that was my really good chance to win the cup because I remember, you know, uh, leading in the series and uh, letting slip away. You know, that was very painful. So after Colorado, you go to the New York Rangers, uh, where your NHL career kind of wounds up. Um, you play with Yager again uh, while you're there. Uh, take me through your relationship with him, uh, just having so many years on the ice together. Yeah, I think that's the one guy I played the most, you know. And uh, Yaks, uh, you know, was a very interested person. He, in the beginning, was very quiet. But then, you know, he became more, uh, I think, more mature. And, uh, and 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 spending so much time with him, you know, I I, see, I saw his professionalism, you know, how much he cared about the game, how much he loved the game, and how much he spent a lot of time, you know, training and and and, and improving 
So uh, he was a big example for younger players, but also, you know, he kept us older guys uh, going all the time, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that was uh, one of the greatest players I ever played with, you know, Yarmir Yager, seeing his skills and uh, just coming to New York and breaking all the records, you know, the first season, you know, get, the, I think, the most points <laughs> for the franchise who's been, uh, I think, almost 100 years in the league. It's, it's impressive, you know. So during your time in New York, you started a tradition uh, that remains true to this day. After every Rangers win, the team goes to center ice and you raise your sticks as a salute to the fans. How did that tradition come about? How did you think of that? Well, that was funny, yeah, because we play against Capitals. Uh, we had the longest shootout game ever before, you know, Panthers broke uh, the record a couple of years ago. Uh, we played Capitals and everybody went on the bench. Uh, I was the last guy to shoot, you know, and before me, Marek Marek Malik scored a beautiful goal uh, against uh, Olaf Kolchik, uh, you know, and uh, and then I, I we were that was after lockout, so we were celebrating, you know, going crazy and I go to Jagger. I said, Yaks, let's go to the middle of the ice and raise our sticks like they do in Europe, you know, let's do that, and uh, you know, just uh, tell thanks, I appreciate, appreciate, just appreciate our fans, you know. And the ex goes, wow, that's a great idea, you know. So I, we, we start gathering all the troops. Go to the middle, get all the guys and then raise the sticks, you know, to appreciate the fans. And the ex was uh, familiar with that because he played in Russia. Uh, and, uh, you know, he thought it was a great idea. So uh, we gather all the guys. Uh, some uh, North American guys were like, what the hell's going on? Uh, they were not really happy. They thought it was cheesy. But then, you know, we started doing it after every game we won. <laughs> we because the, the moment we did it, people went crazy. So uh, we we start doing it that year, you know, after each win, and uh, I just you know just stuck on it. So uh, I'm very uh, you know, there's a lot of teams doing now in the league. So I'm very uh, proud, but also it's it's a cool thing to do. You know, we always have to the the game we play because of the fans. You know, of course we get paid good money and uh, it was a good living, but most of the time anything we do is to make the people enjoy the game and and and, and follow us as athletes. All right, I'll ask you one final question because I know you got to get going here. Um, after your NHL career wraps up, years later, you go back and you play for Lithuania, your home country. Um, you're one of two guys from Lithuania to make the NHL. What did it mean to you to get to go back there and uh, play for Lithuania and help grow the game? Well, man, a lot to me, you know, because I always had not this uh, you know, feeling that I didn't finish my business in hockey. You know, even though I retired in 2009, I was still feeling like, you know, I have something to do. Uh, and I felt, you know, first of all, I got very fat and I was like, oh, my God, I have to get in shape and all of this. So I, 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 I tried to, like, fight it through, but then I made a decision to play. And um, it was actually, you know, uh, basically, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I did it, you know, and, and we, first of all, we won. And second of all, we played in Lithuania and, uh, you know, I played uh, for my national team, my, my country of birth. So uh, it, it felt great, you know, and I still feel like I can play again. So I, you know, when I played there, I was like, oh my God, why am I like, what's wrong with me? I'm so old, you know, these kids are like 20 year olds. They never seen the guy without the mask, you know, because I, I don't have to wear a shield because uh, if you're born after 70, you have to wear a shield in the international hockey, a half shield when you're born after 74, you know, I was born 72. So uh, it was weird, you know, I missed my kids and I felt bad hitting people, you know, but now I feel like I should play one more time, you know, when I'm 50. <laughs> so we'll so, see. We'll see. I still have a, you know, I still, 
they, somebody told me you have to kill the player in you, you know, eventually. I still have that feeling that I can do it. So what are you up to now, uh, now that uh, hockey is temporarily done, I guess? You, you're still contemplating another comeback. Uh, what are you doing now just in life? I see you have uh, a big family. Um, what else are you up to? Well, you know, first of all, I have six kids, so uh, they keep me busy. Uh, you know, it's 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 a full-time job, uh, being a dad. Uh, you know, and I work in the development business in Miami. You know, we're, we're building some uh, buildings. Uh, and eventually, I want to go back into hockey somehow. But, you know, it's hard. Uh, having a big family and traveling, you know, it's it's not a, it's, it's 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 very you know it's very tough. And I made a decision to be a, a, to be a you know dad, not full time dad, but most of it full time dad, because I think uh, you know having kids and uh, raising them is the biggest reward you can have as as a person. That's awesome, Darius. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, it's my Instagram, I guess, D Casparitis. Uh, so uh, that's all I have in Facebook. All right. Well, I'll tell them that everyone should go give you a follow. Yeah, Thank you. follow me. I need my blue ticker. I don't know why they wouldn't give me a blue ticker. Hey, we'll get you that blue check mark there. We'll get your yeah. followers up and that'll solve it. Goal. All right. Well, thank you very All much right. for thank coming you. on. I really appreciate it.